Welcome to checking out the competition, Detroit Red Wings. And I am joined by one of my favorite people to do these things with, Peter Flynn from Winging It in Motown and the For Sure podcast. Hello. Motown podcast. Peter, how oh, are you? Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there with your uh, I was listing slow of, for some reason. I was listing being... of all my accolades. Yeah. <laughs> how are you doing? Better than the Red Wings, I presume. Yeah, I am doing great. We had uh, today was the last day before our Thanksgiving vacation. Um, so we had it. They call it a half day. It's it's really not a half day. It's an early dismissal. Um, but the classes are shorter. The kids don't really care. And it's wonderful. Yeah. Is, is that that's like the day where you just pop on the movie? At least that's what uh, well, it totally depends. A yeah. Actually, in this case, I did because it fit with what I was doing. But yeah, it was Go. great. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the Red Wings, folks, um, you know, it's not, uh, I mean, they're not good, right? Like, they're just not. There's not really a lot to say about it. They're, like, buried under a ton of really bad contracts that were left by the previous general manager. Apparently a ton of injuries, which I wasn't aware of until just now, but quite a lot of them. Most recently, Anthony Mantha went out on Saturday, right, with a knee thing. Um. Yeah, so, Peter, <laughs> how's it been watching the Red Wings so far this season? It's been great. Um, I'm lying. It's been it's not <laughs> been great. Um, I I you know I I wanted to check up on a couple stats just so I make sure I'm I'm current you know up to date. And um, one of the fun stats is if you look at the Red Wings and you look at their goal differential, um, it's a negative thirty nine. And if you're mm. thinking. That sounds bad. That sounds like it's not a good number, not a number that would be helpful to have as a hockey team. You'd be right because the next worst team is New Jersey with a negative 23. So it's a difference of 16 oh goals. Um, and the the 39 also matches the number of Anthony Mantha, who has been one of Detroit's best players, if not their be- best player this year. And he is currently out for several weeks, yeah. which is awesome and super fun. And I'm loving it. When things go great, they really go great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. It um it's it's just a wonderful day. Uh yeah. Yeah. So it looks like with Mantha out for a while, they have called up uh Philip Zedina. Is that right? Yes, that is um, correct. So we'll get a look at him, but I was kind of just like trolling Twitter a little bit and I see that they have him skating with our old pal, Valtteri Philpola, which just seems cruel to this poor child. I don't I don't know why they would do that, but um I'm sure it's it's going to be exciting to get to see him play a few games, right? It's interesting because actually I was just talking to my dad uh, on the ride home because my dad is is still an Islanders fan, which is the the fandom I grew up with. Mm. Um, and so, as you know, Valtteri Filippola played for the Islanders last season, um, and. It, it, it's interesting because I know like I was not a big fan of the contract when they signed it. I mean, it's only it's a short term deal. It's two years. Um, you know, it, it seems like, you know, they might be able to trade it the second year. Like it's not like a huge cap hit. It's not going to be, you know, one of those albatross contracts, even even if it went went horribly. But I will say that. Um, he's actually, I mean, you know, granted, we don't have a lot of center depth right now uh, because of injuries and age. You know, Franz Nielsen, as much as I hate to say it, is a shell of his former self because I love Franz Nielsen. Um, but, you know, after Dylan Larkin, there's not really much center depth on the team. And so Valtteri Filippola is currently centering the second line. And 
for the last maybe, I don't know, week or two, he was centering a line of Andreas Athanasiu and Robbie Fabry, who we got from St. Louis for a bag of magic beans, also known <laughs> as uh, Jacob Delarose, who is, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like Jacob Delarose is like a horrible player. Like he is, in my opinion, he is a perfectly fine NHL player, um, but he's, you know, fourth liner. I mean, maybe third liner, depending on the team and the situation. Um, but, you know, Steve Eisman was able to trade him for a player who obviously has a really good pe- pedigree. Um, the the joke that we've been making is that, um, you know, Steve Eisman has his own uh, Thanos-like gauntlet, except he has collected <laughs> 2014 draft picks. Um, <laughs> because in addition to Dylan Larkin, who is the one that we drafted, uh, we also traded for Brendan Perlini and for Robbie Fabry. Right. And mm-hmm. Fabry's a player that has a very high pedigree. Um, he was actually, if I remember correctly, he was drafted before Lark in that draft. Um, and the, the, you know, the thing was like in St. Louis, he, he, he had a really bad injury. I think, I believe mm-hmm. he, he hurt his knee twice. Um, yeah. and partially because of that, and just partially because of how good St. Louis has become, there wasn't really room for him in a role that he could flourish in. Um, and Iserman has been doing, uh, what I, I think you know, a good GM is going to do during a, a rebuild, which is go out and look for players that are undervalued. Look for players that could potentially be home runs or at least you know triples um, and try to get them in exchange for you know draft picks or players that are, are not probably going to be impact players in the NHL. And you know, he did that with Brendan Perlini, um, who hasn't he hasn't played nearly as well as Fabry. He hasn't really produced. Uh, I, I don't even know if he has a point with the Red Wings, but he's looked fine. You know, like he's definitely not like a problem on the team. Um, but yeah, so Fabry, since he came aboard, I don't know if this is still true. I know this is true a couple of games ago. He was a point of game player uh, for the Red Wings since he came on board. And I'll tell you, Philpola has actually done really well in that role. Um, he still does not shoot. Um I don't know if he's shot more than uh, more than a couple times all year. Uh, his first goal, he, bent, he he tried to pass back to Athanasio and it hit off the defenseman skate and went in. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, 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 it's good. I, I will say Philpola has actually done pretty well this year, especially considering you know what the expectations are. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that Robbie Fabry tra- trade because we talked about it a bit on our show at Broad Street Hockey. Um, that seemed like a great gamble to take Um, because like you said, he's got an extremely high pedigree. And the reason that he kind of failed in St. Louis is he blew out the same knee twice. So, you know, you put some faith in the medical staff and you hope that the kid can turn it around, but he's like super talented and you're seeing it pay off for Detroit so far. And I think that's pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. And um, you had mentioned, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) you had mentioned Zadina before. um, Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure we talk about him because uh, you know, he's definitely a player to watch for Detroit. Uh, he obviously, you know, for people that don't remember, uh, he was the general consensus was he was going to go third overall. And uh, a couple teams mo- or didn't move up, but a couple teams ahead of Detroit took players that were, I don't want to say off the board, um, because, you know, they're still good players. Barrett Hayton, uh, uh, just Barry Kotkaniemi. Um, and, you know, like we were sitting there, we're like, 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 wait, he's gonna be there. And it's interesting because I remember going in, I didn't think there was any chance that Philip Sedina would be would be there. And so mm-hmm. I was all on the Quinn Hughes hype train. I wanted Quinn Hughes. 
Um, I'm a little bit vindicated right now in terms of me thinking that Quinn Hughes was going to be a dynamite NHL player uh, because it's still early, but he's showing, you know, really good promise so far. Um, Yeah. And now, to be honest, there's it's always hard to tell because teams, you know, are never going to really be honest about what they're looking for. You know, even if they hadn't been able to take Zadina, I mean, it's entirely possible they would have taken somebody else instead of Quinn Hughes. Um, But basically, a lot of people thought that he was going to come in and just kind of, uh, you know, you know, kind of kick the door in and just start scoring in the NHL right away. And that's not what happened. Um, He was able to play in the AHL last year because of a situation where he was loaned from his junior league team the year before. And so he was able to play in the AHL, which is fantastic because as you know, there's a lot of times where you have a player who like, there's no reason for them to be going back to the queue or going back to the OHL. Um, It's just, it's not going to help them. Uh, So being able to play in the, sorry, being able to play in the AHO last year was a a huge win for the team. Um, He looked, he looked okay when he came up and he played his nine game stint. Uh, But, you know, he, he, you know, he didn't kind of come in guns blazing like we like some people expected um and then this season he looked a lot better in preseason um i thought there might have been an outside chance he could make the team he started in the ahl it took him a little while and part of it was like you know he's down there he's not playing with great playmakers um and once he was able to kind of get a chance to play with you know some of our better ahl prospect playmakers he started really coming on and he started lighting it up his two-way game has improved a lot since last year and now when he's up he looks a lot more dangerous um he has a reputation for being a scorer right you know he he supposedly is like like an you know elite goal scorer uh Mm -hmm. at the you know the previous level but i'll tell you what like he is really talented at making plays like giving goes things like that um you know he is definitely going to be somebody to keep an eye on if detroit you know doesn't play terribly in this game yeah i was um looking at your site earlier today too and and it seemed you guys seem to think that uh he's definitely not going to be a permanent call-up like they're not going to want to blow through the nine game thing with him um so if Anthony Mantha's out for a while, he's probably going to go back down, and another guy will get a turn. Um, I, up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so sure. Okay. I, I, I it's interesting because um, you know our, our our friend Prashanth Ayer, who mm-hmm. um, he doesn't write a lot for our site, but you know, like you know, we're we're always talking and stuff, and he. Uh, you know, he's been talking because, like, for a long time, like the the thinking was you want to really, you know, get as much value out of the entry level contract as possible. And so, you know, if you have the chance, like, if if the player is not a hundred percent, like, really going to contribute in the NHL, you want the ELC to slide so that you can get mm-hmm. those cheap years as as soon as possible, you know, as much as possible. But right. there's another way of thinking now that. I, I still have to think about this, but I'm kind of coming around to this. And I know Prashanth has been talking about this, you know, along with some other people um, that, you know, and you're seeing other teams do this is if you burn that year, if you burn that ELC and you get to you get them to RFA sooner, then the benefit could be that you can get a better RFA deal. Um, especially on these really high-end players. Like, the Red Wings right now have Dylan Larkin locked up for, I believe, five... It was a five-year deal for, like, 5.8. I mean, I'll I'll look it up as we're talking. But, you know, he's on... Now, he's on one of the best value contracts in the NHL. Uh, I'm sorry, 6.1, right, for... for, for this year and then three more years after. But, I mean, he is is starting to produce at an elite level. I mean, I don't think it's... 
I don't think it's outside. I like, I don't think it's ridiculous to say he should be in the conversation when you're talking about top 10 centers, especially when you're talking about defense. He has really incredibly improved his defensive game since when he first started coming in. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's ridiculous. And, and, and I will say that Prashant had, had said this, uh, you know, I don't want to take credit for this idea, but I agree with him. It's not going to be ridiculous for him to be in the Selkie conversation sooner rather than later. Okay. That's interesting. So I think it's easy for Flyers fans to take a look at a team like Detroit coming into town and you're like, okay, bottom of the league, nothing to worry about here. Chocolates went up to a win and it's been a rough month for the Red Wings. However, they beat, they beat Boston four to two, beat Vegas three to two. Those are both (laughs) very good hockey teams. (laughs) Um, So tell me what Detroit is doing well that could give the Flyers fits in this game? Uh, that's a, that's an interesting question because, um, you know, a lot of the times you have like a team with like, you know, a certain identity. Um, like, let's say, for example, you have a team sometimes that doesn't really start that well, but then they, they come on strong and they'll finish up the third period strong. Uh, sometimes you have teams that, um, that start strong and then kind of fade as you go. Like Detroit doesn't really seem to have anything like that this year. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of all over the place. Um, sometimes they'll start strong and then fade and then come make a comeback at the end. Like like there's there's no real kind of set Detroit style game this year. It's kind of been all over the place. Um, when when they're going well, they are they are pushing the play. They're getting the puck out of their zone quickly. They're making good passes. Um, it really seems like. It's a, it's a lot about execution. Like, it's not that they're doing anything, like, really differently, but just, like, some some days it seems like they can't make a tape-to-tape pass to save their life, you know? Mm. Um, if you look through our lineup right now, you will see that we technically have a, 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 an NHL defense, meaning we are fielding a defense at the NHL level. <laughs> um, but I don't think you could really call it a bona fide NHL defense uh, in, due to injuries. You know, mm. due to injuries. Like, we, we have a lot of people out. Um, and that's, that's really tough. And, you know, you're, you're having some younger players have to step up and, you know, players like Philip Peronic, he's made a huge, uh, he made a huge jump last year and he's continuing to keep going forward. Uh, Dennis Chalofsky was up last year. Um, he was playing very well at the beginning of the year, especially offensively. Um, but then he was starting to get burned a lot defensively. So they sent him down to the minors. Uh, and then he's, he's kind of taken another step forward this year. And, you know, between the two of them, I think Detroit has some pretty good, um, uh, you know, a couple good young defensemen at the NHL lo- level already. And we haven't even talked about our first round draft pick last year, Moritz Sider, who has blown me away. Uh, he is so much better than I thought he was going to be. And I'm actually really excited. And I think I, I think you might see him up this year. I think okay. he might he might he might make the jump this year. Um, if not, I'm I, I would be very surprised if you don't see him full time in the NHL starting next year. OK, that's cool. I mean, it it does seem like. Obviously, this is a rebuilding team. Sure. It does kind of seem like Shani has you heading in the right direction, which has got to be, you know, take Wait, a little you, bit. You mean Iserman? Oh, Iserman, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> One of the no, two still have Red our Wings guys. Yeah, right. We still have our yeah. Speaking of. Um, yeah. <laughs> were you a, were you a, I know you say that you grew up a, an Islanders fan. Were you a Red Wings fan during the Babcock days? Mm. Well, so here's here, here's like the way that it happened for me, right? 
basically my dad had season tickets to the Islanders from mm-hmm. their inception all the way through the year. Like the, like the last year he had them was the year before they won the Stanley cup because they, they like, he couldn't afford it anymore, but he still went to a lot of games. He still went to a lot of playoff games and stuff. So I grew up, you know, I grew up in Connecticut. I grew up on the Islanders and after a while, I just could not take it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. It was just like, you know, this mismanagement, you know, day after day, year after year. And I just got tired of it. Um, And my dad had introduced me to the concept of a playoff team, because like I like to say, when you're an Islanders fan growing up, when I grew up, you don't get to watch hot. You don't get to root for a team after game 82. You play 82 games and it's wait till next year. You know, it's like, let's start thinking about the draft like year after year after year after year. I mean, Mm -hmm. all I remember is. The 92-93 playoff series where we beat Pittsburgh, which was unbelievable, and then we lost to Montreal, who went on to win the Stanley Cup. You know, I fully believe, like, we had a chance to win that, and the Islanders very well could have won it that last, you know, that year. The next year, 94, they lose to the Rangers. They get swept in the first round, uh, and then the Rangers obviously go on to win the Stanley Cup, which, you know, is horrible for Islander fans. Um, you know, and then, you know, the years I was a fan, they, they played – I think maybe one, maybe two playoff series, you know, Toronto in like 0102. And so um, my dad was a big fan of the Red Wings in terms of their organization. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they have, uh, you know, really exciting players. It seems like they have great leadership, et cetera. You know, it's a fun style of hockey. And so he would, you know, he, he you know, that was kind of his, his second team. And so I adopted them. Um, and then once I got to the point where I was like, okay, I just can't really do this with the Islanders anymore. Um, then I switched full time to the Red Wings. Um, so yeah, I was, I was following the team, not as much as I am now. Like, you know, once I started writing for the website, like maybe three years ago, uh, I always forget it's like three or four seasons ago. Uh, like, you know, it's my third or fourth season. I can't remember. Um, and obviously at that point I started following much, 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 much closer. Um, so I was aware, you know, I was kind of following the team during the Mike Babcock years, but not not close, you know, nearly as close as some other people on our site. Yeah, I think it's kind of fun that it's just been kind of completely proven that there's no such thing as a good NHL coach, except for yeah. Barry Trotz. Yeah, maybe. I was actually just going to say that. Um, my dad He's the only one that's good. That yeah, it's like, I mean, it's incredible when you look at the Islanders roster, you know, obviously they have Barzell, you know, they have other good young players, but when you look at their team and you look at the performance, it does not match up. And it's the second year in a row that's that's happening. It's the second year in a row that their, their goalies are like top 10 in the NHL, both of them, you know, like that doesn't happen by accident. Nope. That's the thing. Like we, we keep saying it brought you hockey, like, all right, any day now. The Islanders, like, come on, like, they're not good. This is going to stop. When is this going to stop? And they just keep on rolling through. And I'm convinced that it's because Barry Trotz is not a human man. He's a wizard. Mm -hmm. And as such, he's able to get the most out of an absolute, not an absolute load of crap, but not a great hockey team on paper. Anywho, (laughs) back to the Wings and the Flyers. Um, Are you looking forward to this game at all? Anybody on the Flyers you like to see when we play? Um, let me think. Well, we have talked about this offline many times and actually on online, if you were talking about this podcast or, you know, this, this, uh, this, you know, series as being online. Um, one of my favorite things was coming up with new names for Dave Haxtall. I know. Um, I'm so bummed that we don't have Dave Haxtall to make fun of anymore because you were like uniquely talented at making up Dave Haxtall names. They were outstanding. Yeah. It was like the, like, 
it's always interesting because I, 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 I imagine people can kind of identify with this. Like growing up, like a lot of times I was kind of like the funny one in the group. And <laughs> now that I have to share a site with JJ, who is preternaturally talented at coming up with puns off the top of his head <laughs> that are like 18 layers deep and just unbelievably clever. Um, and, and and that I share a podcast with Jay Tui, who is one of the funniest people I know. You know, I kind of find myself playing the straight man role a little bit more. And I'm glad that I have something that I that I can do that people think is funny, uh, that makes me laugh. Um, because yeah, he just oh my god, I'm trying to think of a new one, but uh I do think I do think I'm trying to think of my favorite one. I think my favorite one was probably that he looked like a uh, a Harry Potter instructor that like got cut for time. <laughs> You know, he kind of has that look about, you know, uh, you know, oh, the kids aren't going to respect me. You know, maybe they had like a little subplot mm -hmm. where like, you know, Hermione has to actually teach the class because nobody listens to him or something like that. Yeah. You um, have to think of like Toronto specific ones now. Like um, he's the kind of guy who cuts the pea meal off of the pea meal bacon because it's too spicy for him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or, I mean, he could be the one that fills up the water buckets that the Toronto media then carry. Yes. That's that, like that's his role because I mean he's certainly not doing anything with their defense. <laughs> no, he's sure not. He is doing a very good job at um, making sure that Flyers fans feel vindicated about complaining about all the things that we complained about while he was here. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean it's like I mean don't get me that. wrong that was good. Yeah, I mean like don't get me wrong like if you look at their roster you know they haven't really I mean, I, I think their real big problem is they haven't addressed their goaltending in a mm -hmm. really you know consistent manner. Um, but, you know, I mean, they have, you know, a ton of talent up front. Um, you know, they do have a lot of talent on defense, but they haven't really kind of fixed that problem. And it's like, you know, the fingers kept kept getting pointed at Babcock. And I'm just like imagining like, uh, you know, uh, Dave Haxtall just kind of Homer Simpson, you know, slowly backing up into the <laughs> Ivy. You know, it's just like, you know, don't look at me. Look over there. It's like I am coaching the defense, but somehow I'm escaping accountability. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry we don't have anyone for you to make fun of. I feel like you could probably yeah. come up with something for like Mikey O. Yeah, but you I'm know, you had no time to yeah, prepare. yeah. I mean, like, like, like some of them are so easy. Like, you know, back when they had Jack Capuano, you know, I mean, he looked like Fred Flintstone. I mean, that was just, <laughs> I mean, that was just like so obvious. You know, like it was almost like unfair. You know. Yeah. Um, Actually, if you think about it, like uh, Elaine Vigneault kind of looks like maybe he could be like Jack Capuano's like older brother, you know, who got like mm -hmm. a little bit more of like the manly ruggedness. Yeah, sometimes you know? I feel like Elaine Vigneault looks like he could if you put like rings on his pinkies and gave him a thick chain to wear around his neck. He would look kind of like a background character on a late episode of the sopranos mm. like i feel like he could pull that off like tracksuit pinky yeah. rings he's kind of got that sort of i don't know i'm looking through this now and it's up. amazing because there's one picture of him on google images where and, and he does not look like this guy in any other picture but like in this one pose from this one angle he almost looks a little bit like he could be like the brother of like john tapper from uh, bar rescue Oh, God. But not normally, just this one angle of him. Like, he kind of <laughs> has, like, kind of similar features. Um, oh, I'm my not God. sure that's it. That must be a really bad picture of him. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'll find. I'll send it. Man, and Taffer's kind of a goofy looking guy, but I could see Elaine Vigno yelling at people about their dirty kitchens. Yeah. I, oh my god! Like I th- th- actually, th- there, there's a really funny thing about that. Now I. I have to preface this by saying it's not going to really be funny to anybody else. I'll tell it really quickly. There is a teacher at my school who's a history teacher who sounds exactly like the voiceover guy on Bar Rescue, like the narrator. Oh, my God. Like, like, like I, I, I don't have an audio of him talking, but like, I swear to God, like I did it in class because like nobody, you know, people don't really watch this show, at least, you know, the kids. And I was like, I just played the audio and I was like, now close your eyes. I was like, who is this? Like, oh, my God, it sounds just like him. (laughs) <laughs> oh god what a weird world we live in but yeah so but, but a fun yeah. world in a way yeah it is so yeah i don't know i don't really know what else i can ask you about the detroit red wings there's not um, a lot going on there yeah i mean i don't know it'll be fun i just i sent you the picture on twitter if you're able to pull it up but um uh, let's check it out <laughs> Oh, God, I see it. <laughs> that is a terrible picture of Elaine Vigneault. My goodness. Yeah. Yep. He doesn't um, really look like it like that normally, but oh, well. No, he doesn't. Yeah. It's good to know that sometimes everybody takes an absolutely terrible picture because I'm good oh, yeah. at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, oh, actually, I, I will say one thing because um, you were saying like, you know, you know, maybe something for Flyers fans to watch. Yeah. Uh, during the game and it's funny because this isn't really about the on the ice thing but I think you will find this probably the most interesting thing is JJ has because uh, I, I had to confirm with this to make sure I didn't make this up because I was pretty sure it was him and I didn't want to take credit he has had he has basically said it would be really funny if uh, because you know for for Flyers fans who aren't really paying attention to the coach of the Detroit Red Wings you know we have Jeff Blaschel he's been our coach for for a while now um, and they hired Dan Bylsma as his assistant coach whom you may know from such things as winning the Stanley Cup as a head coach and, and yeah. absolutely blowing it for Team USA in the Olympics. Yeah, you know, a little from column A, a little from column B. Um, <laughs> but, you know, obviously he is a, you know, he, he's been an accomplished head coach. And JJ started saying, because like a lot of fans, you know, started calling for Blashill's head, especially this year when we had our like seven game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Um, and JJ said it would be really funny if every game Dan Bilesma started dressing more and more like Jeff Blashill. And so they got to the point where they were like, he was literally just dressing like him so that if he got fired, like it would be no difference. Um, <laughs> so you can kind of just keep that in mind and imagine that. Um, okay. Yeah. Like every day the suit color is a little bit closer. Yes. The tie color gets a little bit closer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. That's one thing to watch. Okay. So the final thing I'll ask you is, of course, to give me your prediction for how this game's going to end up. Hmm. Well, let's see. We have been we've been losing to teams that we probably should be playing well against. And as you said before, we've been beating teams that we should be losing to. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say this goes to overtime three, three, and I'm going to say we lose in overtime. So that's a pretty sound prediction, given that the Flyers, I feel like, have played at least a solid two thirds of their games have gone to overtime this season. Oh, there we go. It feels that way to me. I don't know if that's an accurate statement, but lately it's been a lot of them. Um, So that could happen. I'm going to say I'm fairly sure. So Brian Elliott, we're recording this on Wednesday. Brian Elliott is starting for us tonight in net. So 
I'm assuming you'll be getting Carter Hart. So I'm going to say, I'm going to call this four, two flyers. Oh, okay. Four, two flyers I'm going to go with. There we go. For absolutely no real reason. Except (laughs) for that it feels right in my soul. So yeah. That's, That's the only reason you need. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, Peter, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And this game will be played on Black Friday, 4 p.m. in the afternoon, which is a lovely time for hockey, if you ask me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is fantastic. It's like, you know, you're just waking up from uh, trampling other citizens to try to get a television for $50 off. And I mean, you know, I mean, that is what the holidays are really all about. So absolutely. You wake up early. You elbow some old people to buy things that you don't need. You come home. You eat leftovers, you take a nap, you wake up, you watch Flyers Red Wings. It's a yeah. solid Friday. Yeah. Exactly. Not a bad Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So everyone enjoy the game. Peter, enjoy the game. Oh, Thank I will. Thank you again for hanging out with us. It was fun as always. Oh, absolutely. All right. Go Flyers. <laughs>